0: day afternoon, Hump Day. It's Hump Day here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, and I am joined, as always, by Maurice Patton. We are coming to you live from the Lee Company Studio. Back. It's been a. Well, folks here in this in the office building have been asking me, "Where y'all been?" Everywhere, man. We were only gone yesterday. Yeah, well and then Thursday and Friday of last week. But
1: well, we were here Monday. So where were they Monday?
0: I don't they weren't here Monday. Well that's
2: so, it was
0: it's like it's like when I
1: walked in, somebody said, Welcome back. I'm like, Well, we were here two days ago.
0: But thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota. I've but been to Toronto. I do feel though. like I've been everywhere. So. I told I told Sarah last night, I said, I would like to formally request to never have to drive again. Because last night was awful.
1: It's bad timing.
0: Well, I mean, it
1: it just for being in Nashville and doing our show in Nashville and trying to get out of Nashville. At five. South.
0: Yeah. But for whatever reason, that one yesterday felt worse worse than any other day. Well, at least you were just going home. I was trying to get to a game. And you didn't make it by tip, but that's okay. Uh, I you were missed, close. I that was really missed close. the first two minutes and 15 seconds. And that that's pretty impressive considering. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be honest with you. Well, I, I, it's
1: a good thing it wasn't any further south than Springfield.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because goodness gracious. Mm. Man, it, it, it was, which I ended up, I had to go grocery shopping. <sighs> yeah. On top of everything else, when I got to Columbia, I had to go to the grocery store. Mm. Did that, then went home. It was it was a it was a crazy day. <laughs> Not as crazy as wild and wacky Wednesday though. Uh oh. Yeah. We got plenty this of this one's on you today. Yeah, we got plenty of wild and wacky stories oh, to get yeah, to. I'm super pumped about it. Is there a
1: Florida man or a Florida uh,
0: woman? You know, I think the first one is Florida Man. Is anybody getting stabbed in the eye with a rabies No, needle no rabies needles this week. Thank oh. goodness. That was scary. To... Yeah, there's there's plenty. Of exciting stuff to get to. We're going to have a great show. We've got Steve Lehman of New Channel 5. He's going to join us and we'll have less of an interview, more of a discussion, Mm -hmm. a conversation about the big news of the day, which is uh, Middle Tennessee State hiring uh, a new football coach in Derek Mason. We'll also talk with Terry McCormick on the Titans. We'll have his thoughts on what he's seen this week to this point, and our new regular special guest on Wednesdays, Joe Sullivan, will join us in Battle of the Boulevard, part 150. And I don't know how to say that in French, so <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one be <laughs> But yeah, the 150th Battle of the Boulevard tonight, both men and women. Lipscomb and Belmont. So should be fun. We've got a great show, and we'll get to it in just a moment. But before we do anything else, we need to get you yesterday's results and today's schedule on The Rundown. This is The
3: Rundown.
0: Girls' high school basketball
1: from Tuesday night. Uh, let's see. Rockville defeated Beach, 56-43. Providence Christian defeated Battleground Academy, 53-27. Brentwood had a 43-35 uh, win over Baylor. It was Brentwood High School, 78, Cascade, 58. Cheatham County with a 70-45 win over White House Heritage. Clarksville Northwest defeated Kirkwood, 48-22. Columbia Academy, 60, University School of Nashville, 31. Donaldson Christian, 48. Clarksville Academy, 46. Rossview defeated Dixon County, 54-38. It was McGabick, 71. Glencliff. Four. Good Pasture with a 63-26 win over Friendship Christian. Liberty Creek, 39. Harper, 35. Lincoln County, 63. Giles County, 6. Hendersonville, 35. Page, 33. Henry County with a 57-26 win over Springfield. Columbia Central's girls defeated Hickman County 65-26. It was Station Camp 62, Hume Fog 25, Gallatin with a 54-7 win over Hunter's Lane, Clarksville 67, Kenwood 31, Lebanon 55, Blackman 43, Lipscomb Academy 65, Ravenwood 51, Loretta with a 66-43 win over Richmond, Macon County defeated Westmoreland 31-27, was County 45, Franklin 32. Good World with a 59-29 win over Martin Luther King. And Moore County defeated Curio for 52
4: points.
0: Not Juliet falling to Siegel 58-30. And Ezel Harding with 64-45 win over Nashville. Christian Millen's a 46-30, 35 30, Santa Fe Falls to McHugh and 58-41. Riverdale, 32-28 winners over Smyrna. Spring Hill Falls to Summertown 68-46. There's coverage on MainStreetMurray.com. Stewart's Creek, 57, Murfreesboro Central, 27, Maplewood, 73, Stratford, 62, Sycamore, 48, 24, winners doubling up, Stewart County. Uh, Creekwood, 54, Todd County Central, 42, Upperman, 55, 30, winners over, Oakland and Mount Pleasant down Zion Christian, 55, 33. On the boys' side, it was Beach, 63, Rockville, 47. Providence Christian 5754 over Battleground Academy. Baylor downs Brentwood Academy 5751 and White House Heritage Downs Cheatham County 4543. Clarksville Northwest edges Kirkwood, Kirkwood 5755. Same for Columbia Academy over University School of Nashville. What a game this one was, apparently. 58-57 in favor of the Bulldogs. Clarksville Academy down Donaldson Christian 6549. Rossview at 9180. Winner over Dixon County. Laverne 75 at East Nashville 60. And East Robertson with a 74-61 win over Greenbrier. You wonder if they were at full strength last night. 69. They were. They were. 69-54, the final score for Glencliff over McGavick. Good Pasture, 66-50 winners over Friendship Christian. Franklin Road Academy, 61. Grace Franklin, 37. Liberty Creek, Downs Harpeth, 44-39. Page, a 67-42 winner over Hendersonville. Henry County, 68. Springfield, 45. Hickman County's boys, did you say in overtime? Overtime. 65-62 winners over Columbia Central. Gallatin Downs at Hunters Lane 50-31. Blackman 56, Lebanon 37. Hitting Lincoln County, Foster Giles County, 55 41 Ravenwood, Downs Lipscomb Academy, 59-44, and Loretto, a 54-45 winner over Richland.
1: Also, Westmoreland 39, Macon County, 29. Franklin with a 76-72 win over Marshall County. Webb school 85 middle tennessee christian 50 joe burns defeated montgomery central 50 to 41 is moore county with a 68 63 win over callioka Siegel defeated mount juliet 58 34 davidson academy 51 mount julia christian 47 Nolensville with a 66 53 victory over fairview santa Fe behind 38 points from alden slaughter remember the name get used to the name because we're going to be calling it a lot 66 47 over McEwen. Smyrna 56, Riverdale 32. Summertown with an 81 46 victory at Spring Hill. Murfreesboro Central 64, Stewart's Creek 61. Sycamore 69, Stewart County 34. It was Upperman defeating Oakland 72 48. Lead Academy with a 64 59 win over Watertown. Pearl Cone defeated White House 65 60. Mount Pleasant behind 27 points from Ryan Benderman defeated Zion Christian 84 44 in men's basketball action at the collegiate level, Tennessee, with an 87 66 win over George Mason, middle Tennessee state. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead and get the final score. I just have a thought on this one.
1: Okay. Middle Tennessee state with a 77 73 victory over Missouri state at the glass house.
0: Did you see Sam Doughton's, uh, tweets about Missouri State not having a foul called until they intentionally fouled with 20 seconds to play in the second half?
5: No, I did not.
0: That's insane.
1: <laughs> anyway, continue.
0: Uh,
1: Austin P98, Midway 44, Cumberland 80, Indiana Tech 76, Freed Hardman with a 93-54 win over Fisk, Christian Brothers defeated Rebecca 93-76 on the ice. It was the Predators. Going into the United Center, coming out with a 4-3 shootout victory over the Blackhawks of Chicago. At any time you beat the Blackhawks, it's a good day.
0: Well, they've beaten them 14 times out of the last 17, lost once and tied twice. You'll take that. You'll take 14-1-2-17 and, 2 and 17 over the Blackhawks. You, you absolutely will. <laughs> Men's basketball tonight at Memorial Gymnasium, San Francisco.
1: The Dons.
0: The, the Dons come into town. Fortunately
1: for Vanderbilt, Bill Russell ain't walking through that door.
0: Yeah, I I think right now he could probably (laughs) help him out. (laughs) 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Also, again, Lipscomb and Belmont on ESPN Plus tonight at 7. Women before that at 5. And at Probe Serena in women's basketball tonight down in Huntsville, Alabama. It's Middle Tennessee State. And the Lady Vols at 6.30. That one's also on ESPN Plus. Clear the interstate. (laughs) I'm coming through. (laughs) She's she's driving fast. Uh, And in the association, Memphis is at the Pistons, 630 on Valley Sports Southeast. And that is your rundown.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Top stories brought to you today by... Piggly Wiggly Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go by and see our friends at Piggly Wiggly if you are looking for lunch. They've got uh, great meats, vegetables, cobblers, and uh, you can just put it it together and they will make it work for you. And it's really, really affordable. Uh, You you don't think you can afford to eat out for lunch, but you can afford to eat at Piggly Wiggly, I promise. You really can. They've also got fresh hand-cut meats, great produce, and all it costs, plus 10 at the register. Make sure to go see them today. Our top story is, of course, Derek Mason being announced this morning at a press conference uh, in Murfreesboro. By. Go ahead.
6: Were
1: you going to do something before that?
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about the. That's okay. Tennessee Sports Writers Associations men's and women's basketball players of the week. I apologize for okay. those folks. Let's do that first. Let's do that
1: first because it's not going to take nearly as long. No, no, it won't. A um, couple of players with local ties as former Franklin High School guard Reed Kemp, now a junior at mariville, averaged 27 points in Cheer- – yeah. Uh, Average 27 points and three wins last week, including 39 in an 83-85 victory at Barry. He also scored 26 in an 87 84 overtime win against Washington and Lee and 16 in a 112-61 win at Warren Wilson. The 39 points for Kemp is believed to be the most by a Maribel player since the 10-11 season. That's he our, was. That's our favorite. Our believed favorite to line, be yeah, yes. yes. Plausible <laughs> deniability, baby. Uh, 16 of 24 from the floor, six of eight from three, and scored the game winner with 4.1 seconds remaining. Kemp is Maribel's leading scorer and is second in the Collegiate Conference of the South with an 18.6 average. For the women, Vanderbilt Junior, Sasha Washington averaged 23.5 points, six and a half rebounds, and four and a half steals. Um, Scored a career-high 33 points in the Commodore Women's 71-63 win over Louisiana Tech. 15 of 20 from the floor, along with a career-high eight steals, six most in a single game in Vanderbilt history. Uh, she also had 14 points with seven block um I'm sorry seven rebounds and five blocks in a 70 to 62 loss to North Carolina State so congratulations to Sasha Washington of Vanderbilt and Reed Kemp of Maribel the Tennessee Sports Writers Association's women's and men's basketball players of the week second week in a row a Vanderbilt women's player has been honored by the TSWA for, uh, okay. following Jordan Cambridge last week,
0: so. Well, they, they, they've they been playing really well, so yeah. well-deserved. Honors. Absolutely. Now. Now. Our other top story. As you were saying before you were so rude. Maybe a, a, a slightly bigger top story, just a little bit, is that Middle Tennessee State did name a football coach. Derek Mason was announced this morning at a press conference about uh, MTSU leadership. Uh, so we have highlights from that press conference coming up. So let's take a
5: look. Uh, Thank you. Uh, There is an old saying that uh, a thousand mile journey begins with a single step. And today we're taking that step and it's a very significant step. We all must keep in mind this only represents though one step in this thousand mile journey. For us to complete this journey, we all Mm -hmm. must work together. And I ask our fans, our alumni, and all who love MTSU to rally behind the program so that we can be the conference champions who makes the CFP playoffs. Today offers a new beginning as we close the books on an eight-day process that was fluid and dynamic. After numerous Zooms, countless phone calls, and several face-to-face interviews, we landed in a great spot. We had an outstanding group of finalists, outstanding group, who I have no doubt would have excelled here at MTSU. I thank them for all their interest in MTSU.
7: During his press conference last week, athletic director Chris Massaro emphasized that from the moment we made the decision to take our football program in a new direction, there was universal agreement on the characteristics that we wanted in our next coach. And you no doubt have heard about our desire to select an individual who will engage our supporters and build a rapport with not only our supporters but also our fans, but also a coach who will effectively engage those outside of the Blue Raider family a coach who will bring new interests to our program and create excitement among state and national media. Our new head football coach, ladies and gentlemen, whom I will introduce in just a few moments, I believe that all my heart and soul has that ability. He clearly wants to be our next leader of our football program. I looked him in the eyes. He clearly wants to be here at MTSU. And I know that his family wants to be in Murfreesboro. His wife, Leanne, is here. Would you stand, Leanne? And I just thank you for your support. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor and my privilege to introduce to you and bring to the stage our dynamic, new, exciting, incredible, new MTSU Blue Raider head football coach, Coach Derek Mason.
2: I didn't know uh, if we were at a pep rally or a Beyonce concert. <laughs> uh, my thank yous uh, would like to start with the Board of Trustees. Um, I want to thank them. I've had a chance to talk to uh, a couple of our board members. And uh, it, it, this is a special place. And they've been able to tell me how special. And for me, um, it's, it's resonated. I'd like to start with uh, talking about our players, okay, and I had a meeting with our players last night, uh, Dr. McPhee and uh, Chris and I sat down and talked about the idea of, of wanting them to be the first recipients uh, of, of our relationship and what this thing was going to look like. So instead of meeting this morning, we met last night, impromptu meeting. And what I can tell you, uh, much like many 18 to 22-year-olds who are in the dark and don't quite understand uh, you know, what just happened to them, a lot of hurt in the building, just wanting to know and understand what's next. So we started with what's next. We started with the idea of me talking to them about just love, loving them, meeting them where they are, and understanding that every one of those players is valued and valuable within our program stay here be a blue raven and i i i think having an opportunity to shake every one of those players hands okay i shook every player's hand i had a chance to talk to our coaches i wanted to know names what started is maybe something that may go 20 minutes we were in there at least for an hour and 45 minutes why Because mending relationships and love takes a little bit of time. So let's get that right. I love Tennessee. I feel like Nashville has become the entertainment capital and hub of the South. And when you look at what we have here in the borough, from the veil to the borough. It's exciting. We are connected, but very much our own community. We are blue collar, just like the blue we wear. Hard working folks wanting the opportunity to be great. So let's be great. Murfreesboro, um, in my opinion, when you talk about Rutherford County and really the Middle Tennessee area is probably some of the most fertile recruiting area in this state. (laughs) Talent on talent on talent. And it's our job to keep it here. So this staff will be committed to the idea of watching our community players, the best of the best, come here, play here, graduate here, and live here. Let's do that. MTSU graduates 5,000 students per year. 5,000. That's exceptional. One in six, they reside in nashville a graduate one of his graduates resides in nashville so when i talk about the ville to the borough you don't think we're well represented we are we got to wake it all up it's time to shake it up time to let everybody know who we are where we sit where we stand and what the mission is we want to win championships here make no bones about it We want to rock this new updated stadium that's coming here in 2025. But we got work to do between now and then. The commitment is there. The work's got to be done. So we'll get the work. It's our time. We're going to be dedicated to making sure, okay, from the class to the grass, okay, men, from the educational opportunities as well as the growth opportunities for our student athletes on and off the field that they get it done. The cost of getting it wrong is way too expensive, so we're going to get it right. We are ready to hit the ground running, and I do understand that recruiting is going on right now. So as I land this plane, and as we all get together, okay, in understanding that Derek Mason, myself, standing here before you, is about serving you. So whatever I can do, I will do in service. Of the blue raider community so let's make sure we get that done i'm ready to roll so let's go blue man
1: i was there when all of that was being said this morning but it hearing it again just kind of sends chills as as an mtsu graduate
0: so. it hits a little different when you can hear that second time and you get a chance to really cuz you're in the middle of a bunch of people and you're trying to listen and but you know. Well, you're
1: listening for different reasons right. at that point. You're listening for sound bites and to take notes and that kind of thing. But again, a, as a as a graduate, you know, as somebody who was there when MTSU was going to Division 1AA playoffs and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. and as someone who covered the program when it was making the transition from 1AA to D1 and with a Hall of Fame coach in Boots Donnelly, you know, to just see that excitement and hear that excitement in that room this morning was really, was really exciting. And, and like I said, I was there. So had the opportunity to um, get some additional in, individual interviews with with Derek, with President McPhee and with Chris Massaro. So we've got those for you as well. Derek come on to y'all's radar? Did he call
7: y'all? Did y'all call him? How did that go? It was a two-way street. I'm sorry? Two ways. Yeah. He was interested, we were interested. But who made the initial contact? Um, I can't remember exactly, but I think, you know, the AD, uh, I think it was Chris made that initial con- contact. But he, he really fit all the characteristics that Chris and I talked about before we even start the formal search. And then we had a lot of folks who called us, Um, but in the end, we got who we wanted.
5: Anything else? Uh, Both. Uh, You know, uh, he's no stranger to Rutherford County and and the football here, and Williamson County football and Davidson County football, and that was one of the things that was attractive to me and to Dr. McPhee is he kind of had a home court advantage. You know and he knew the area so we don't have to draw maps for him on how to get to Britwood High School you know and and how to how to how to navigate our state and let's not forget about Memphis you know and 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 how we navigate that and so he had that he has those inroads so we we don't have to GPS him to the local high schools so to me that was really important as well there
2: you got to go meet players where they are so, I mean, it, it's, about, it's about getting in living rooms. It's about getting in front of these high school coaches. Um, you know, what I was able to recruit at Vanderbilt, looked at them, okay, all the way around. Still wanted the academic rigors. Wanted, want. Here, we still want the academic, uh, you know, prowess. We want student-athletes, ma'am, who want to achieve. And, like, let me say this, and, and, and I, I, I want this to go out to our student-athletes, the guys that we're looking at recruiting. If you want to play football, develop, okay, man, and be a really good player, come here to MTSU. Okay, we're going to get that done. The whole NIL deal, hey, I get it. I get where it's at. I get I get where we're going. Okay, man, I want to be a part of it. But let me tell you something. It's about retention. It's about making sure, okay, that we develop the guys in this area so that our fan base can come watch our own, okay, man, play at a high level. Yeah. Um, you know, really, um, it was going to take a lot because me and my wife, like, talked. You know, um, coordinator jobs NFL opportunities I mean I spent a lot of time during the off season, myself <coughs> Leslie Frazier um, and, and, and some other coaches were on Zoom calls on Thursdays man just talking about NFL ball I, I probably really saw myself going right back to the NFL like to be honest and that was that was my where my focus was I mean it was coordinating in the NFL I mean, and getting back to that but there there was just something about um, this job you know home I've been here I've been here in Tennessee now 10 years and you know I mean, it, it it may I may seem new to some people but like 10 years in Tennessee man I, that's like that's like 25 dog years you know uh you know for other people in other places you know Tennessee's a place that's grown right especially the middle Tennessee area you know from the bill from the bill to the borough it's all grown so it, this it, it felt it felt right to me okay the, the I'm a blue collar guy um I know I've coached at some upper echelon schools in terms of the academic deal, but this is an upper academic situation. So for me, I, I just feel like between the ball, between the opportunity, like to be great, the community, I mean, I'm a community guy, so you're going to see me in the community. That's really what I do. I mean, I'm going spend time, get our guys in the community. Why? Because it's a limited college experience. Man, when all you do is play football and you don't get a chance to experience what the community has in store for you. It gives There you
0: have it. A lot going on in Murfreesboro. We've got more on the other side of a break. We'll be joined by News Channel 5's Steve Lehman and talk more about Derek Mason to the borough. But right after this on Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, stick around. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, Chris Yao, Mo Patton. Glad to have you guys along with us as we continue talking about Middle Tennessee State's brand-new football coach, Derek Mason. We are joined by News Channel 5's Steve Layman To continue the conversation, Steve, thanks for joining us, man. You bet, Chris. Mo, how are you guys doing? Well, we're doing well. Just... um. Been running, obviously, as as are
1: you, apparently. But I um, appreciate you taking some time with us. But, you know, you dealt, you dealt with Derek quite often during his Vanderbilt tenure. Uh, and it felt like there was some excitement just among folks who had dealt with Derek when he was at Vanderbilt to see him back in the saddle today.
6: Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think, number one, everybody who's dealt with Derek Mason knows the type of man he is. And he's a really upstanding, good, solid man. And I think a really good football coach, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I think anybody who knows him is excited for him to have an opportunity just personally. But the other side of this to me is Chris Massaro coming through on what he said he was setting out to do last week. And that's to try to reinvigorate this middle Tennessee football program that let's face it, the crowds have dwindled in the last few years and it seemed like it had just gotten a bit stagnant for whatever reason. And that they needed to inject some life into the program. And he said last week, we need to find a guy who's got some personality to him and that brings a little bit of that pizzazz to the table for this football program. And you kind of wondered who that guy might be. And what better guy than a guy who has a great personality that's known in the area, that's known by high school football coaches around, to come in and excite your fan base. And the other thing about it is it's not just the fan base, but I think you have a lot of people around the country who wouldn't normally pay attention to the Middle Tennessee coaching hire that perked up yesterday when the report started to come out that it was Derek Mason, a former SEC coach, a guy who had a lot of success in the pac 12 as a defensive coordinator at Stanford, and a guy with NFL ties. For Middle Tennessee to attract that coach, I think you had a lot of football people take notice.
1: And, you know, Steve, for all of the naysayers with regard to his record at Vanderbilt, Derek Mason is one of two coaches that have taken Vanderbilt to multiple bowl game appearances.
6: Yeah, that's that's a very good point. That was one of the things that I had tweeted at me, or XStat, maybe whatever it's called now, by multiple people today about oh, 25 and 57 record or 10 and 46 in the SEC. Well, first off, Middle Tennessee isn't competing in the SEC, and I think we all know Vanderbilt has some challenges. Clark Lee's learning that right now, and every coach other than James Franklin has learned the hard way about the Vanderbilt job, dating back to World War II. That's how far you have to go back to find the coach before Franklin to have a winning record in his time at Vanderbilt. That is not an easy job. And Derek Mason got them to two bowl games in that time. It didn't end well, but he made them competitive while he was there. They were more competitive early on in the Mason era than they have been during Clark Lee's first three years. And you can say that about many other coaches there. So I think there's a good track record of Derek Mason, the football coach. And now he has an opportunity to school that he's not going to have to deal with quite the same academic standards. No knock on Mill Tennessee, but it's not trying to get SEC caliber football players into Vanderbilt and deal with that. You're not dealing with the resource game of Vanderbilt versus Georgia or Alabama or Tennessee. And he just gets to go coach ball with a fertile recruiting ground right there in Rutherford County and the surrounding area here in middle Tennessee, where I think he can put some pretty competitive football teams on the field Almost immediately.
1: And I think a lot of people in this area are going to be excited to see that. And go back and look at the rosters that he put together at Vanderbilt. He recruited this area. And so, as Chris Massaro was saying, he doesn't need a GPS to get to Brentwood or to Ravenwood or to Riverdale or to those places. He knows he's been on those campuses. He's recruited at those schools successfully. And his team showed that when he was at Vanderbilt, and I think that's going to be something that's going to drive some excitement in this fan base as well. Seeing yeah, local I think kids. so.:
6: I think so, because when you have people who grew up watching guys play at Ravenwood or Oakland or Blackman, or up at one of the Nashville schools or, or a Brentwood or something like that, when you see those kids then play for the local university, it's something to get behind. And I'm with you, Mo. I was sitting there today when Derek was talking about going around to Rutherford County and going to some of the high schools. And I was sitting there thinking, I bet it's like 85% of the time an FBS football coach is hired. And he couldn't tell you the County he was in at the introductory press conference because he's moving from across the country or across state lines or whatever. And he's been there for 12 hours And now they just gave him a new tie reflecting the school of color. And he goes out there and tries to act like he's one of them. Derek Mason has lived in Middle Tennessee for 10 years. He knows Rutherford County. He's recruited Rutherford County. He knows the coaches down there. And I think that is a really unique advantage that he has as he tries to hit the ground running. First of all, to try to convince the guys he has in the program right now that he wants them and that they need to stick around. But also he's got what, 20 days before national signing day. So he's got to get out there and beat the recruiting path, whether that's at home or out across the country. And to have that advantage of already knowing the local high school coaches, knowing the Kevin Creeses, knowing those guys down there in that area that spoke very highly of him, That's a huge advantage out of the gate.
1: Absolutely. And Christmas or even pointed that out, that he kind of had a, a home field advantage, so to speak, from that standpoint. So, um, Steve Lehman with News Channel 5 joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Um, It just feels like a a good hire, a great hire. I mean, I'm I'm a little biased, I guess, but just from an objective standpoint, Steve, I mean, Tim, what's, what's his last name, the D.C.? Yes, Tim Banks. I'm sorry. Was the other guy whose name was closely associated with this vacancy? And I don't know how far they got or what happened that he wasn't the guy. But Derek feels like, to me, a better fit for everything that we've already talked about.
6: Yeah, I think basically everything we lined up is the advantage that he has over Tim Banks. He already was a head coach. He already lives in the Middle Tennessee area. He knows the recruiting ground in Rutherford County extremely well and around the Middle Tennessee area. All those things, to me, make a lot of sense and makes Eric Mason a really good hire for this. Now, will that translate to wins? And most importantly for Middle Tennessee fans, will it translate to championships? Because Rick Stockstill won a lot of games as the head coach in Middle Tennessee. And Derek was quick to point out today that he really laid the foundation for what middle Tennessee football can be in the FBS and in conference USA. And now it's his job to build on that legacy. That's all well and good. But what middle Tennessee fans really want to know, I hear all the time when they talk to me is, are we going to win conference USA? Are we going to win championships? Because that is the thing that has been missing. And there's really no reason why they can't do it. And I think there's a lot of fans out there who have been frustrated as the conference itself has basically been completely overhauled in recent years, just about the only teams that are still in it that were there just a handful of years ago are Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky. I think a lot of the fans believed if that's the case, shouldn't we be competing for a championship every single year if not winning it? And the fact that it hasn't happened, I think has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, so they've got to ultimately get to that point and I don't know if Derek Mason will be able to do that. I don't know who would be able to do that. But I think at least on day one, he wins you the press conference. He gets the buzz going for the program once again. There is excitement about Middle Tennessee football and a curiosity about what they're doing. And then you couple that with the renovation you're doing to Floyd Stadium. And I think you at least feel like you're putting the things in place to give you the opportunity to be a championship football program year in and year out. And that has always been the goal of the fan base. And now to me, it feels like the administration and the school starting to reflect that priority with this Hile and the resources that they're putting into place.
0: You know, as you mentioned early in this conversation, Steve, how it, piqued the interest and perked the ears of football people from around the country this higher. As I have been perusing the replies of different media members from here, from there, from everywhere, it's so funny that the only negative comments I'm seeing are from Middle Tennessee State fans. Everybody else from outside is saying, what a fantastic hire for Middle Tennessee State. Now, obviously, that's not ideal because you want your fans to be excited and all of your fans to be excited. I'm sure there is a – because Twitter is not a reflection of reality, and we all know that. But, you know, that's got to be, you know, maybe not day one, but – In year two, year three, when he's already made leaps and bounds strides with this program and you've got a brand new facility that's that's nearing completion or perhaps completed in that time frame, it's really going to pay off in the end after this, you know, when this five-year deal is done.
6: I think that's true. And for the people who aren't excited about the hire, I guess my question to them is who would excite you? (laughs) And and that's not to say. I mean, look, look. Like I'm not trying to tell you that Derek Mason is Nick Saban, but you're not hiring Nick Saban at Middle Tennessee. And so, would you be that much more excited if you're a Middle fan and the announcement today was that Tennessee defensive coordinator Tim Banks is coming, or if they would have beaten UTEP to the punch and gotten Scotty Walden from Austin Peay? Are you more excited about that? I mean, if you are, I'm interested in the argument of why, but. To me, you got a power five level head coach, a guy who has been there and has taken teams to bowl games at that level at one of the toughest, if not the mm-hmm. toughest, power five job there is. He's a guy that is widely considered to be one of the best defensive minds in the entire sport, not just at the college level, but including the NFL level. So to me, If you're not excited about that, okay, but give me the guy who would excite you if that's the case. And so part of me wonders if that's just a little bit of the apathy that we've been talking about, that you haven't won as much as you expect, you're frustrated by it all, and and you want immediate results. And I feel like today was a home run higher from the press conference perspective for most people who are looking at it reasonably. And if, if you don't like Derek Mason for whatever reason, then I want to know who you'd prefer to have in that slot that would make you more excited.
1: Who would you want and how would middle get him?
0: That's the question. Sure. <laughs> I and mean, look, a lot of people did want Scotty Walden. And, and in, including, you know, we talked about it would be a great hire if Scotty Walden had been hired at middle Tennessee state, but I don't know that it's a better hire than this one. Mm-hmm. I think I think Christmas sorrow, and again, we talked about it. Christmas sorrow has—he's in a situation where this hire is incredibly important to one his legacy, but particularly his job. So it's important for him to get this one right. And, And you know, if this doesn't work, it will not be from a lack of effort.
6: Yeah, no, no question about it. And like I said earlier, they're committed to putting in the resources. To making sure that Derek Mason has what he needs to build the program that he wants to do there. And that's incredibly important too. It's not just about having the coaching staff in place, it's about having the resources in place as well for that staff and for your team to do everything they need to do. And it feels like that commitment for the first time is fully on board with Middle Tennessee, which is vitally important as well. I just think the other thing is when you look at hires, I think too often people get caught up in, we want a really exciting offensive-minded coach. We want to play wide open. We want to score a ton of points because that would be really exciting. Or, you know, sometimes in the reverse, it's you've been maybe too offensive and had a terrible defense for a while. So then you think, oh, we need a defensive-minded coach that makes us a little tougher and more physical as a football team. I think too often decisions are made by administrators that are trying to be football people in a lot of senses about trying to find the sexy thing or the thing they weren't previously, as opposed to trying to find the right fit. And you can make an argument that Scotty Wallace is really sexy hire right now. And I love the job he did at Austin P. His teams were really fun. I think he could be a good hire for a lot of programs. But I also think when you're looking at middle Tennessee, it's hard to make the argument that Scotty Walden's a better fit to walk into a job than Derek Mason is right now. And again, that doesn't mean Scotty Walden may not do great things at UTEP or that Derek Mason is automatically going to succeed at middle Tennessee. But I think the things that Dr. McPhee and Chris Massaro found in this hire were the things that you should be looking for. You should be looking for a guy who reflects the values of what you want, reflects your culture as a campus and as a football program and understands the area. And he even talked about it. He said, I'm a blue collar guy. This is a blue collar program to the point that we should look like the color that we're all wearing in here today. And I thought that was more than a good line. I think that is who Derek Mason is. I think it is what middle Tennessee, the school is and if they can replicate that and combine that together, I think they've got a chance to have a lot of success in Conference USA.
0: No question. It's going to be fun to watch. If you're a middle fan, it may not be as much fun for folks like me who is a Jacksonville State fan. But perhaps it will be. Right, look, we hope
1: to make it a nightmare we, for you.
0: We want <laughs> – look, I personally just want it to be a competitive conference at the group of five levels. I don't want Liberty to have to get in because the AAC champion has two losses. I want this conference to be elevated to a level where we are considered the top G5 conference in the country, just like Chris Massaro said, and get that conference or that that college football playoff bid. That's where I want to be. Derek Mason helps Middle Tennessee State elevate itself, and therefore elevates Conference USA, and therefore I am excited because I believe it elevates everybody, rising tides and all. So go. looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Steve, thanks for, for joining us today. We really appreciate it and looking forward to uh, maybe getting, getting in touch with you again down the road.
6: Yeah, you bet, guys, anytime.
0: Thanks, Steve. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, College Football Coach of the Year Award finalists announced Jerry Kill not on the list. little shocking perhaps, but who was on the list? We'll talk about those and a little bit more right after this. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Still to come as you see there is Joe Sullivan talking about the Battle of the Boulevard a little bit later. Also Terry McCormick here in just a few minutes. But first Mo the Eddie Robinson, Coach of the Year award finalist have been announced. And and honest honestly, dude, like the the list of coaches I could I could make a case for every single one of them. I mean, David Braun at Northwestern. Are you kidding me? I mean. Kind
1: of speaks for itself.
0: Jamie Chadwell, 13-0 in his first year at Liberty. Kalen DeBoer takes Washington to the college football playoff. Eli Drinkwitz, who is the SEC coach of the year. Uh, Jed Fish at Arizona, who went from losing to Mississippi State to Ranked seventeenth in the country, uh, that's I think of a turnaround. Rhett Lashley at SMU, who just won the AAC. Chuck Martin at Miami of Ohio, who took the Redhawks to a championship in the MAC. Mike Norvell, kind of speaks for itself. Barry Odom, UNLV. I mean, who expected them to be in the Mountain West Championship game? Is Barry
1: Odom, Thomas. Yeah. Okay. The the list that I'm looking Does at. Stop?
0: Yeah. Oh, Nick Saban. I mean, honestly, this year may be Nick Saban's greatest coaching performance in the history of his life. Going from what they had in the spring and what people thought of them coming out of South Florida to this. Holy crap. Steve Sarkeesian, Texas is back and it's, because Steve Sarkeesian said so, and John Sumrall at Troy, who had a heck of a year on his way to a Sun Belt Championship. Every single person on this list, I could make a case for being the coach of the year. Like I said, though, the one name that is missing is Jerry Kill, who New Mexico State started. 0-2, including a loss to UMass before ripping off 10 straight, including a win at Auburn to go 10-2 and into the Conference USA Championship game where they fell to Liberty, who, again, undefeated. But I don't think people realize the New Mexico State job and how incredibly difficult it is. <laughs> And this guy just won 10 ballgames.
1: I so, think all you have to do is just say New Mexico State. I mean, exactly. just look at where it is on the map and, and realize from a recruiting standpoint what you're faced with. I mean, besides Brian Urlock, or name me another guy who has come out of the in New Mexico prep ranks and made a dent either collegiately or professionally on the gridiron so i mean you you, you've got a lot of challenges out there and for him to come in and go ten and two and win at auburn it's i mean i guess you got to leave somebody off i don't know sure and and one of the things I've, i've always said when when you talk about Folks getting left off of lists and that kind of thing. Who would you take off to put Jerry Kill on?
0: I don't know that you have to take anybody off. I don't know. I mean, but I don't know I how know it works. You can only but I mean, have this many. Maybe, maybe but
1: that. Maybe it's capped at twelve. I don't. I don't perhaps
0: know. it is. Perhaps the finalists are capped at twelve. But I mean, yeah, sure. Again, it's I could make a list for every single per, uh, a case for every single person on the list. So I mean, let's. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that if you're looking at I don't think
1: anyone would have been upset if Jerry Kill was on this list and one of these other people were not.
0: Prior to Jerry Kill, two and ten, one and one, two and ten, three and nine, they went seven and six and seventeen and won the Arizona Bowl. Three and nine, three and nine, two and ten, two and ten, one and 11, 4 and nine, two and ten, three and ten, three and nine, four and nine, four and eight, oh and twelve. I mean this the the list goes on as mm. <laughs> you get the point. New Mexico State, you don't win ten ballgames at New Mexico State. Nobody does. And he did. And so I think you know that that's pretty dadgum impressive, and I just wanted to give him his his props. Mm-hmm. Um if you were voting, who would you vote for? Who? Give me a top
1: three. Top three. I could go alphabetically. I, I could go with the top three on the list and not you. and not feel bad about it. I mean, again, David Braun coming in as interim guy after the nightmarish summer that Northwestern had uh, taken over for a legendary graduate of that program, and just just holding that thing in the road was impressive. But they. You know they won some games. They beat some folks. Going bowling. Um, you know Jamie Chadwell, like you said, in his first year at Liberty is undefeated. Of course, it it didn't hurt that he inherited Caden uh, Salter.
0: Yeah, Caden Salter is a is a he's an SEC level quarterback. Yeah. That helps in the Conference USA. There's
1: and, no question. I mean, uh, ditto for Kayla Nobor, who's got a Heisman Trophy finalist at quarterback, but still you know, you still have to coach those guys and you have to coach the rest of them as well. But I'd be hard pressed to come up with a final three, to be honest, because like you said, I think a case can be made for every one of them. It it would not hurt my feelings to see Mike Norvell win it under the circumstances.
0: I think Norvell is in my top three, along with Braun and probably Barry Odom. Yeah, Barry Odom. I
6: mean, mean, because
0: here's the thing, on top of everything else that Barry Odom one had to deal with with get you know with UNLV in, in and of itself, he lost his offensive coordinator in the summer. Yeah. Now, people forget that Bobby Petrino left in the you know right after being hired.
1: Oh, that never happens.
0: And Bobby Petrino leaving in the in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know Petrino leaves, goes to Texas A and M, and you know kind of leaves Odom high and dry. And he finds himself with a, you know, a spot in the Mountain West Championship game. Despite that, I yeah. think Odom would probably be on my list. That would be my three: yeah. Braun, Norvell, and Odom. With Nick Saban, and I know that sounds dumb. I think Nick Nick Saban would be my close number four because I'm telling you, I think this is the best coaching performance he's ever.
1: I think I would probably go Norvell. I was trying to say the best for last, but I can't, but I, I think I would go with Sarkeesian because we've been hearing for about five, eight years, Texas is back. They finally are. Yeah,
0: but they were, the, the only reason I'm not, I would not say is because they were picked to win the big 12. And But but they won it. They did. They made expectations <laughs> and that has not been the case in a while. Yeah. So, so I'll uh, agree with that. Yeah. Um, I would be inclined probably
1: to go Norvell, Sarkeesian and and. You know, probably Odom, because that program was dead in the water. And I don't think anybody really expected Barry Odom or anybody else to have the kind of success that he's had there this year. So, yeah, yeah, I would probably go Norvell, Odom, and Sarkeesian. Pretty good list. It really is, even if it doesn't have Jerry Kill on it.
0: It look, Terry, Eli, Eli Drinkwitz, absolutely again SEC Coach of the Year. Uh, probably, you know, the fact that he he well exceeded expectations at Missouri this year, and yeah, kudos to him, man. And, and, and he, he only beat
1: Middle by four.
0: And also had the the best line of the uh, of the <laughs> week with uh, after <laughs> it was announced they would be playing Ohio State, and that. You know, he had connor stallions on, on the, line, the other line to get to him so yeah. we'll take a break as we have terry mccormick on the other line and when we get back we'll talk to him about the titans so stick around Welcome back in. Time now for your daily Titans update for Terry
11: McCormick. Terry, what's up? Hey guys, it is your Zen Sports Titans update uh, bringing you Titans news courtesy of Zen Sports. Uh, yesterday, Monty Rice <laughs> shown the door and uh, had some uh, interesting tweets uh, to go with that. The second Titans player in I, about three weeks to do that. Uh, I, said, wish, I wish, wish someone from Twitter the Titans. I wish the the he was let, let go. Same, bro. Yeah. And so, Mike Brabel was asked about Monty Rice today, and his comment was, it just didn't work out. Clearly. So, yet another high draft pick uh, by the Titans from 2022 through 2022 that, quote, just didn't work out. Uh, the Titans yeah. do have a new punter, though. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, thank goodness. Uh, Ty Zeltner, I believe his name is, to the practice squad. Now, since you can elevate practice squad guys twice before they have to be called up permanently or exposed to waivers after a third time call up, they can give this guy like a week or two tryout to make sure he's okay and can do the job, uh, provided they can protect him. And... uh not have to use a spot on the 53-man roster in order to do so. So that's probably a wise move there personnel-wise to give him the practice squad spot first. Then if it pans out and he's good for the rest of the year, you move him up to the 53. Sounds good. Uh, injury report, is it out yet? I haven't seen it. Has not come out, but uh, Brable told us the guys that weren't going to practice today uh, in advance Jeffrey Simmons, who we know is going to be out. Uh, Stonehouse, who has not yet been put on IR, but obviously his season is done. And it sounds like Christian Fulton is going to miss some time after he re-injured his hamstring. That's not good news as you go in to face the Miami Dolphins, who have uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and various other guys who run really fast and catch the football in open space. So... Certainly not good news happen. there. Josh Wiley also did not practice today. Neither did Joe Jones, inside linebacker. All right. Well, there you go. It's
0: good information to have. Absolutely. Terry, tell us about Zen Sports.
11: All right. Let's talk about Zen Sports. You've been hearing me talk about Zen Sports, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months. And I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no danger first wager. That's right, when you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's even more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP Rewards Program. This new VIP Rewards Program will allow top-tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP Program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies you for VIP consideration, then check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet.
8: smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible lands with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This is Chris Yao with Main Street
0: to the every show, patent and all grants from all across the landscape from high switches and reporters to national college and pro personnel. You never know who might stop. Chat. She's all thinking out loud and about urgence and out of heart. A little lying, it is in fact a
3: little, I'm a little lying. lying. I'm a little nervous.
10: I a to lower the bar for getting I apologize in advance.
3: So that he- you got that radio. And here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on, and everybody,
7: everybody wants to be on Main Street. And we're we you in the middle of Tennessee.
11: That's it. So you're on Main Street, and you are moving I love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: welcome back in. Main Street Sports. Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here, and our number two on this wild and wacky wednesday the weirdest and wildest news from across the world coming your way here in just a few moments it's going to be a heck of a day just trust me stick around it'll be worth it and there's no reason not to stick around because we have a fantastic guest coming up talking a little local hoops from the nashvillehoops.blog that is joe sullivan as tonight, the 150th meeting in the Battle of the Boulevard, Lipscomb and Belmont, and no question, Joe Sullivan will be in attendance, right?
4: Oh, absolutely, yes, I'll be there. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I'm distracted by what you just said. Uh, you, as a guest, can you share with me, over here what, what you're, what's going to be, what's going to be uh, happening there?
0: Wild and Wacky Wednesday, where I, I scour the internet for the weirdest and wildest headlines that we can find. And oh, then I, okay. I read the story and Mo laughs. It's usually, it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah.
4: I thought second yeah, you I said, think. I read the story and Mo knows the person that I'm writing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it, it, sometimes you never know. Mo <laughs> knows everybody.
4: I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
1: Joe, Battle of the Boulevard, part 150, as Chris said, because he didn't know how to say it in <laughs> French. But, <laughs> <laughs> what what are, what are your expectations out of this one? Because um,
4: so well, I have what are your
1: expectations a, out of this one.
4: Yeah, so two, uh, one thing I want to say first: uh, thank goodness they're still playing, because we've seen in in the, in the days of realignment, uh, old rivalries go by the wayside. That uh, somehow it's more important, and this wouldn't include these two schools, but at least on the other level, it's more important to play in the uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl and maintain a natural rivalry. But uh, so that's good to see. I mean, they don't play twice anymore, but I don't think that's the end of the world. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I love rivalry games. Uh, and I, the other thing that I think is going to happen today is we're going to see some high scoring. I, th- I think I've probably said this on the program before, that I, I don't think uh, college basketball teams play fast enough. I think everyone's really kind of slow, half-court basketball. I'd like to see more fast-breaking. And here we have two teams that like to play fast. They both average over 80 points a game so uh, I was even talking to Lenny Acuff earlier this week and I said first one to 100 wins and he's not against it
1: <laughs> you may have to up the up the up the number a little bit though it might be close to 110
4: <laughs> Well that would be work. great I hope that happens and uh, it's uh, uh, look it, it'll be great it's at Belmont the Belmont student section is a pretty good student section so I'm, they'll be involved. Uh, I think their favorite chant on this particular night is, uh, what's your curfew to the Lipscomb students uh, who they mistakenly think have a curfew. Uh,
1: <laughs> so good. I have covered a battle of the boulevard at the Curb Event Center, and that student section can make things pretty uncomfortable for the media because it's awfully close. They're <laughs> like they're, They've got their knees in your back. Just about. I mean, yes, they it, really uh, do.
4: <laughs> it, it's
1: tight. That place gets tight quick. But um, who who are some names that you think we should be familiar with tonight in particular in this matchup?
4: Well, I, what always uh, – Well, Kate Tyson, the, the leading scorer for Belmont, is the best player in a game. Uh, he, I think he's averaging close to 20 points. Uh, I'm sorry I don't have the exact figure. But he is someone who is uh, – Quickly establishing himself uh, as a, a Belmont player that's going to be remembered for a long time. He's he's been uh, terrific. He had a great freshman year. He was freshman to, uh, on the old fr- freshman team for the Missouri Valley Conference. And uh, Casey Alexander said to me, he's better. He's a better player now. He's really improved, and that's that he has shown that uh, he really is their most reliable player. Then, uh, but he's a he's a constant. Who's not a constant, but might be the most interesting player on Belmont is Malik Dia, the transfer from Vanderbilt, Mm -hmm. who uh, just is fascinating. uh, He's one of those players you really can't take your eyes off him when he's playing because something's going to happen. Whether it's good or bad is the question. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) Saturday against Valparaiso, uh, he had two incredible dunks. He he got behind the defense, but he can really get up in there like two tomahawk dunks. It really got the crowd going. It was really exciting. Uh, and I think he had up scoring 18 points or so, had a bunch of rebounds, but he also had four missed three-pointers, none of which looked like they were going to come close, and he had six turnovers. So this is like the the, the Malik Dia adventure uh, that is pretty much endlessly entertaining to me. So I'm, I'm always looking forward to see him play. Uh, and I can't uh, – I, I should leave out uh, uh, Lipscomb, who is uh, – more, you know more of a team oriented uh, i mentioned those two guys from Belmont sticking out you know you, who could be the leading scorer for Lipscomb can vary but Darian boyd who won this game last year with a with a with a basket in the final minute uh for Lipscomb uh is uh you know an interesting player it's sort of an undersized forward is what he is but uh he's a talented scorer so he he keep an eye on him
1: Joe, you talk about Malik Dia, who I'm I'm terribly fascinated with. Um,
4: You're with since, me on this.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm fascinated by seeing him, since seeing him in the East-West All-Star game after his senior year over at Endsworth. But um, your comments about him reminded me of former Middle Tennessee coach, the late Bruce Stewart. Um, when I was in school at MTSU, we had a guard named James Johnson, and this was back in the mid-'80s. And Bruce referred to him as Tragic Johnson because <laughs> you knew he was going to kill somebody. You just didn't <laughs> know who. So, so I, I, was, I, was, I was kind of reminded of that as you talked about Malik and his, his potential for making things happen.
4: Yeah, I got an email today from a, a, a Belmont season ticket holder uh, saying he was reading the website, which I was grateful for. And uh, uh, so you're the he, guy. yeah, <laughs> so uh, it but what he said is if it wasn't for the website, they they, they there's a lot of questions would go unanswered because Belmont's not covered. Uh, but what interest, but more importantly, what interested him was like he says he and other fans wonder why Dia's not playing more. And uh, again, there's the most interesting player on the team, Malik Dia. That's who he wanted to ask me about. And, you know, I think we have answered that question on the, on, on the site that, you know, Casey says that there are certain things he wants them to do, whether it's uh, taking good shots or recognizing uh, what uh, uh, opponents are doing, be, being in the right defense, helping out when teams, uh, uh, when he's on the weak side, that type of thing. So he wants these fundamental small things from Malik. And when he doesn't do them, that's when the minutes re- get reduced. And as case as
1: as malik continues to respond to that kind of thing the minutes are going to go up and he's going to be more productive when he is on the floor
4: yeah and, and uh in a positive side for Malik in an interview we had with him uh uh he said i'm ready to be coached I, I know coach alexander wants the best for me i'm ready to be coached hard so he's on board
1: besides these two teams joe who else have you been impressed by here in the early going?
4: Well, that's a good question. I don't think I'm uh, impressed to be the wrong verb. Uh, it's more like I'm uh, wondering about all the other ones. Uh, okay. I, I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I really had high hopes from Tennessee State this year, and they just, uh, the idea that they lost to Alabama A&M, it just, I, I didn't see the game, so I can't speak to it, but it's like, Doesn't make know, sense. It doesn't make sense. And then uh, they were playing Austin Petey, uh the other Saturday, I guess, and uh, they were trailing the whole game. And they came back and won. So they they have talent, and they and they're 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 not going to like quit. I'll give them that. They came back and won that game, but uh, Penny still has work to do in terms of getting this team playing its best. Uh, Vanderbilt, uh, I really think they're going to be in trouble when they get to the SEC. They're just not good enough. Uh, I don't think the roster is good enough and uh, it's uh, I I don't know what's going to happen. if They have another really dismal season like they've had recently. I mean, I know last year they made the NIT last two years. Uh, I'm not sure they're even that they can do that this year. It had to take a real turnaround from what I've seen. And uh, and middle Tennessee is also, I don't think good enough given that they have this tough non-conference schedule. Uh, sort of deceivingly uh tough non-conference schedule but they've had but they hang tough they've had three overtime games already uh and they they won one uh sat they won one uh, Saturday uh but they lost to Wofford at home in overtime so uh they they're missing their best player is injured Cam at Weston and they they really need someone to play offense and I, and I'm not sure that player is on the team
0: yeah uh, You know, I did get a win over Missouri state last night. Yeah.
4: Very good. A, yeah.
0: It's pretty solid win, which I mean, they needed, it. They needed the W badly. And you, badly. you,
4: and you know, who's come around is Jalen Jordan is a reserve guard. And yeah. he's, he's been in double figures the last couple of games And he hasn't played the last two years because of uh, knee injuries. He's quite a, uh, he's an engaging young man too. I like him. And I, I it would be really, I'd really be happy for him if he, uh, starts contributing in a big way. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, it, it's been tough for Middle because you get Jalen Jordan back and you lose your point guard Cam yeah. West, Weston with a, with a knee injury. And you know we we have Chip on um, Chip Walters, the voice of Blue Raiders. We have mm-hmm. him on every Tuesday, and he said that they're really having to learn how to play without him. And I don't know if that's the answer to what's been going on with middle or what the situation is, but.
4: That's you know, fair. That's that, fair my chip because mm-hmm. he, you know, Weston had the ball a lot and they were planning to have him have the ball a lot. And sure. it, was, it was a big loss.
0: Uh, you know, and, and in addition to tonight, this week in general, Saturday Belmont at middle Tennessee state. And then uh, I think TSU is at, Lipscomb. Yes. Yeah, On Sunday afternoon four Sunday.
3: Yeah, I'll be so, at both I mean, of those two. Yeah.
0: This is a really, really great weekend of college basketball or week in general of college basketball. Of course, Middle's got Tennessee women tonight down in Huntsville. So I mean, if football season at the high school level and, you know, for all intents and purposes for now, the collegiate level is done. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. time to get into the gyms. It's time to get into these arenas, <laughs> especially around Middle Tennessee. And you could do a lot worse than going to see some of these games. I'm really excited to see, you know, uh, what happens, one, tonight, but also, of course, Saturday. Belmont and Middle, every time they get together is a lot of fun, and, and this is not going to be any different. But, you know, you said it. Middle Tennessee State, man, you look at this non-conference schedule. After that, they go, they go west, young man. To to St. Mary's, yeah, and Southern
4: Utah. So see, yeah, St. Mary's, uh, both St. Mary's and Southern Utah aren't aren't doing that well. But I still think playing at St. Mary's is really uh, you got to mark it down as a loss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I really do. It's, I have to be it's, even when
0: Gonzaga it. comes to town.
4: Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right. And you know, also tonight uh, Vanderbilt hosts San Francisco, which is just right. an, an interesting game.
1: That's it is an interesting, interesting game. game. It it really is. I mean. Huh? Yeah, how? How does that happen? happen? Yeah.
4: San Francisco and Vanderbilt? I think San San Francisco always schedules aggressively. They're looking to play games like this, so I I assume it comes from that end. And I guess the way this works, Vanderbilt's paying them money.
0: That's probably.
4: Yeah. (laughs) I, I
1: hope this one's a better investment than Presbyterian was.
4: Oh, boy. Yeah, that's like almost unforgivable territory, right? It'll like... You know, they, they can upset Kentucky again. He goes, yeah, but Presbyterian, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, and that that seems to be the the big issue. Now, obviously, I, I agree with you that Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt had some pieces last year that you thought, okay, they've got some guys who can make plays when plays are needed to be made, and this team just doesn't seem like it has those guys.
4: Yeah, I mean, the point guard, uh, Ezra Man- Manion. Uh, hope, I, I, I hope I didn't butcher that name. I'm, I'm bad at it. Uh, uh, I, I've been corrected in the press box often. Uh, and, but he, he's a really good player. He just isn't a great shooter, but he can make things happen. And they really, you know, they missed him for a couple of games out in Vegas, and it was noticeable. But, uh, you know, he and, and Turin Lawrence are the guys that are going to have to carry this team. And I'm not sure I've seen that they're really, when you get SEC play, I, I, when they're going to match up or who they're going to match up against, I'm not sure they can do that.
1: Gonna be interesting. Gonna be an interesting winter on the hardwood across Nashville. And Joe Sullivan's gonna help you keep up with all of it at NashvilleHoops.blog. He and Joey Dwyer and who else have you got at your disposal over there?
4: Right Joe? now it's just me and Joey, but uh, we're always looking for a young talent that wanna uh, that wanna jump on board. Uh you know, there's a, a talented young writer down at middle, uh Calvin White, uh who I, I, I tried to talk Calvin into working for us, but he's too busy. He's like working like crazy for the uh the Middle Tennessee school paper and
1: sidelines.
4: and sidelines, uh, yes. side yeah. And uh so he has to go to school too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hate when that happens I hate when those classes get in the way of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. Calvin does a great job. He was actually giving me grief earlier this morning because um, we've not had him on the show yet. So we're going to have to try to um, try to rectify that here at some point during the basketball season. But um,
4: good idea. So,
0: yeah. Joe, we appreciate it.
4: Uh, thanks for having me guys. Always a good time.
0: Oh, All right. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, winter meetings continue in Nashville. Shohei Otani is touring the Dodgers facilities over the weekend. We weren't supposed to know that, but we do. And I wonder what it means. Is that that going to matter? We'll talk about that. Braves sending players out for next to nothing. And Nashville Mayor Freddie O'Connell had a conversation. The Chicago White Sox owner. We'll talk about that as well. And maybe some college football. Who knows? Right after this, stick around. Main Street Sports Stage returning in just a moment. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931 381 2663 or www.mtbj.net.
1: Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
0: Got that radio voice I do. Know. It's
8: you know, a good right. sound. I yeah. miss the radio too. Okay.
0: <laughs> As do we. <laughs> and then here's the other thing. You guys,
11: you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So a- and we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving, got to love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad someone.
0: Uh, Welcome back to Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here on this Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Mo, we've got a couple of, uh, or several actually, topics in the baseball world to talk about here. As the winter meetings continue at Opryland Hotel-ish.
1: Gaylord Springs, Opryland, something like that.
0: Yeah, there's a Gaylord in there and it's Opryland. Oh, I'm sure it's Gaylord. Yeah. yeah, there's no yeah. question. But, yeah. uh, but they are in, in Nashville mm-hmm. uh, area. So heck of a place to be this time of year. I hope they're not leaving. To go anywhere. I'm not trying to leave to go anywhere. Yeah. yeah that's, it's not not the best time of year to be at at the Opryland Hotel,
1: but it's out there like
0: roughly every five years or so. Man. I mean, they like it. It's it's a lot. You know, well, it's it's really spacious. It's spacious, and I mean, I guess if you wanted to go to the mall, you could, and just. You know, if you, if you need to get some Christmas shopping done while you're out, I don't know, I, yeah. I got nothing. So I, I think
1: the biggest thing is they can have they can have everybody under one roof. Under a roof that that does it. It's help. one super super large roof. And it's is a one massive
0: roof. place. My
1: goodness, it's massive. I mean, every time I've been out there, I've, I've threatened to take breadcrumbs. Well, I could find my way back to wherever I was going. <laughs> There's <laughs> no, no. I don't know if GPS helps in the hotel or not.
0: But yeah, we we did a show there once, right? Once I feel like we did a show there. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't easy. Once
1: I don't think it's something I would suggest
0: a no. second time. No, it was. It was not easy. So <laughs> anyway, they're having a good time out there. And first topic of discussion: Shohei Otani. His camp made it pretty evident early on in the process that they did not want any leaks about potential conversations happening and you know that they wanted this they wanted to kind of be able to do this quietly without a lot of media attention obviously he's the biggest free agent of the offseason so there's going to be some media attention everybody's talking about where he might end up uh, we've got folks saying they've got sources saying that, you know, he's there's a there's a, a secret team that's that's now involved or somebody who may wasn't involved early. Who knows? But we do know, thanks to Dave Roberts and some reporters, that he toured the Dodgers facilities on Friday. And. I'm curious if that's going to. Be a problem for the Shohei Ohtani camp, or, or for the Dodgers. Well, you know, someone made mention that Dave Roberts doesn't want Shohei Ohtani, so that's why he got out. <laughs> <Because laughs> Self sabotage, and so you know, he's like, it's going. It, it, they're saying that he thinks it's going to hurt the team long term, and that you know, they, it's it's a circus, etc. But I, that seems crazy, it does to me, but I don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm maybe I'm naive, and I don't know what
1: manager what um player personnel person wouldn't want Shohei hey
0: and yet it appears the Dodgers are doing everything they can to to make sure to they get don't rid of get him because here's the thing. Everyone that you know, there, there are some folks out there, they say, you know. Well, they're going to give him four or five hundred million dollars, six hundred million dollars, so it's not going to matter anyway. Here's my question. After like thirty million dollars a year, what's the real difference? Hello. Oh, uh, <laughs> go, go somewhere where, you know, the, the, the culture fits the they're winners or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or go somewhere that you just like being. Because after thirty million, what is the difference? Uh,
1: it's all more money than I can count, let alone and spend. So yeah. so yeah,
0: let's be honest here. Shohei Otani is going to go wherever Shohei Otani goes, and you know, I, as a Braves fan, would I love to see him in an Atlanta uniform? I think it would be interesting. I think it would be kind of cool. I would just again. As we said last year, would love to see how Brian Snicker figures that out. <laughs> well, I mean, at least
1: this year it's pretty straightforward. He's a DH. <laughs> yeah,
0: no question. And we have a left fielder now, so you got two. Sounds and like. And so, yeah, I don't think there's any any question that it's going to be an interesting. Uh, Finale for the Shohei Ohtani camp, but I just don't know that it's going to involve the Atlanta Braves. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Alex Anthopoulos made a comment that was almost too specific <laughs> in that he said, We have all, that Jerry Kelnick was the only position player they have uh, pursued at all this offseason. It's almost like he was
4: splitting hairs, being, some kind of way.
0: Yes that feels very specific
4: My position player
0: yeah so i don't know maybe the braves are involved i have no i have no idea Uh, there is a a unique component with the braves and uh, liberty media and some of their partners overseas who would probably love to see shohei otani in a braves uniform so i don't know if there's if there's something there, if they're saying, hey, we're willing to spend whatever money it takes to get him because it's going to help us on other in other ventures. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Perhaps that's that's a part of it. I just I, I, that's why it's so. Enthralling. To mm-hmm.
1: me. I don't know. It's going to bear watching right up until he signs with Whomever. somebody. Toronto. <laughs> Well, I mean, supposedly he wants to go somewhere where he had the chance to win, and after having been with the angels all this time, I can see that. and Toronto, as currently constructed, would seem to be able to provide that opportunity. so goodness I, I mean Vlading the shit BGO the killer BGO. BGO. Yeah. I mean they, they've got they got some stuff going on up there, so they do in fact.
0: The Braves did, however, ship out Marco Gonzalez, who they just got from Seattle. After shipping out Jackson
1: Kawar, who they just got for Marco Gonzalez. So it's Friday when we were in Chattanooga and the kids from Houston County were
0: coming through Mm -hmm. and they
1: were trading up. What the Braves are doing?
0: That's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to trade up and, and sent him out and got back a player to be named later and cash and they sent cash considerations. So they're gonna They
1: sent Marco Gonzalez and cash, and cash for a player
0: to be named late. Who, by the way, is finding his way around the league these days. A player to be named later? Yes. Yeah. Hope his family is okay.
1: Who did Gonzalez go to? Pittsburgh. And cash? And cash. Is the player to be named later, Broner? I hope so.
0: We do Key Brian Hayes? And yet. <laughs> That's wild. Maybe he does well, and we trade for him. That's wild. It has happened. Who, who gets to name the player, them or us? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, so the Braves are are wheeling and dealing, which makes me think that obviously they either feel really good about the Lopez dude uh, being a number four starter or a number five starter, or they're still working to get a another impact starter.
1: Hmm. Alex is playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. It's Meanwhile,
0: funny. they're also negotiating with Max Freeze people. Mm-hmm. Don't. I wish so. I, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to see Max sign an extension. That'd be fantastic. But anyway, um, Jerry Ronsdorf. In town, obviously, for the meetings. Well, Freddie O'Connell's in town because he's the mayor. So they had a conversation.
1: <laughs> they just kind of crossed paths somewhere <laughs> at the
0: Opryland, huh? And yeah, a fortuitous meeting, I'm sure. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. <laughs> Who knew? Didn't know you were in town. <laughs> hey, but as long as you're here, let's talk. That being said, and this is from Nate Rao, essentially, the The line is that Mayor O'Connell did not share anything with Reinsdorf that he hasn't previously said publicly, which is basically, we're not paying for a stadium. <laughs> and- We will help you
1: locate property if you wanna buy it, but we're not paying for a stadium.
0: Good for him. And yeah, because one, don't no, need one. Don't no, need a baseball team. We got a baseball team, and and this just feels like this just feels like a negotiation tactic. But here's the thing: Chicago might call us bluff. How so? And say, okay, you want to move? Fine.
1: Oh. Chicago may call Ron Storff's
0: bluff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you want us to do about it? Hmm. I don't, I mean, could you imagine? Can you imagine White Sox fans being forced to root for either a relocated team or the Cubs? Yeah.
1: I think White Sox fans would either root for the relocated team or they would root for
0: whoever's playing the, the
1: Royals. I mean they're south of yeah. Chicago. I it's guess. about the closest team. Yeah. I mean it's what you got. I can't imagine they would root for the Cubs.
0: They're gonna gain a lot of Braves fans in Chicago. America's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just I, yeah, I can't imagine that one, I know that it's not going to happen because I, buying the land where they want to put a baseball stadium anyway, it, at this point, I have resigned it to it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. That that scrapyard or whatever it is ain't going anywhere. It's just going to be there until, I, I mean, I don't know if, if the owner – has a family who wants to continue the business or if it's, you know, I, I don't know. Like, it just seems like it's not going anywhere. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't foresee a baseball stadium in downtown Nashville unless they try to build one at, you know, first horizon somehow, but at this point they've built too much around it. And I don't see it happening.
11: Mm-hmm. So. we have,
0: See, we have a. I don't want to get into this next conversation because I think it's too too long of a conversation to for have for the time we have. And and so you know, I kind of want, but also I don't want to. Uh, I don't have 15 minutes of wild and wacky news. What? So I just it's not 15 minutes of. It. So that is what it is. So we're kind of caught betwixt and between, huh? So I, well, I, do we need to talk about some high school football? Yeah, we can mention it. I think this is as good of a time as any to talk about what's coming up this weekend. So the
1: East-West All-Star Game, the Tennessee Athletic Coaches Association's East versus West All-Star Classic, 16th annual, will be played at Austin Peay's Forterra Stadium, aka the Fort. Um, Kickoff is 7 o'clock Friday night, and it can be seen on YouTube on the Worthy Road Studios YouTube channel. Um, And I guess if you go to YouTube.com and search for Worthy Road Studios, you can find it. But again, this kind of caps off the high school schedule statewide, and there are a number of standout seniors playing in this ball game, I think, 88 total, 44 for each team. Um, Among them, looking at the West roster, you've got Stratford's, and I'm not going to try to name all of these folks. We've got something on the um, Main Street Preps website from about a week and a half ago mentioning the game and who all's in it, but um, Pearl Cones. Zeon Simpson-Smith is in it. Um, Centennial's Dominic Reed is in it. Brent Woods, um, Baylor Hayes is in it. Franklin Road Academy's Ty Clark is playing. Those are all on the west west side, along with, and geographics get a little squirrely, I guess, because you've also got Tullahoma's Grant Chadwick playing for the west. Um,
0: Yeah. (laughs) You kind of you can take some of those and put them over here, just because we're gonna have to to fill it out. We, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, we got two kickers, so yeah, yeah, uh, and the other one's from Knoxville Halls, I guess. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, trying to find some other notable names on here. All these kids are notable, obviously. Um. Vanderbilt commit. Glenn Seabrooks from Davidson Academy is playing for the West. Um, let's go back and look at the East for just a second. The East team is coached by Thomas
0: Osteen of Marshall County. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's about just as barely East as you can get too. Yeah, 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 that, that's
1: East East doing a lot of work there. <laughs>
0: About six miles from this, is from sixty-five split.
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not sure what they're using to. We got we to got Tom, East Tullah and West.
0: kickers playing West. Thomas Osteen's coaching East. It's it's. Marshall
1: County's Wyatt Joyce is the kicker for for the East. So wow, yeah, wow. <laughs> well, it could amazing. be worse. At, at least Osteen's not coaching <laughs> against his kids.
11: <laughs> it's yes, possible.
1: Um, Jordan Davis of Columbia Central is listed as a wide out for the East um, Ball State Commit. Um, Let's see. Ben Franklin is listed as a defensive end for the East. Um, Moore County's Dawson White is a um, safety for the East. Giles County's Kamari Turner is listed as a wide receiver for the East. Um Marshall County receiver Jaden Randolph, the son of um Marshall County assistant Gerard Randolph is also on the team as is Tigers quarterback Silas Teet. Oakland's Deuce Hewitt, a Liberty commit um, Vanderbilt commit Thomas Jones from Smyrna is on the East squad. Great. Obviously, a lot of talent. I mean, it's an all-star game. But um, just wanted to mention that that is going on Friday night. Again, 7 o'clock kickoff up at Austin P. So if you've not gotten your fill of high school football yet, go check that out. And Chris, you were talking off air about another one other thing high school in, football all star game
0: coming yeah, up. The what we off the top? I can't remember. On top. On
1: top athletics.
0: On On top athletics is hosting a. It's it, this is the third annual event but the first time that it will include uh, athletes from Montgomery County taking on athletes from Wilson County. It will uh, be held at Cumberland University on Saturday, December 16th. Again, Montgomery County All-Stars, Wilson County All-Stars taking on each other. That is going to be a lot of fun. Like, you know, I I wish more people would do something like this because Gosh, this just seems like it would be a blast to see, you know, Williamson and Rutherford get together or something like that.
1: Um, They are going to play at Noakes Lasseter Field, which I think is where Cumberland plays its home games, games on December 16th, according to Andy Reid of the Lebanon Lebanon Democrat. Um, Josh Crouch of Green Hill – and Gavin Webster of Watertown will coach the Wilson County bunch. Mm-hmm. Chad Watson,
0: Rob Gallowitz from Montgomery.
1: Chad Watson is the Kirkwood, Kirkwood. coach, and Rob Gallowitz. No
0: one? idea. Rob, okay. and it must be Northeastern Northwest because that's a, mm. two teams that don't we we don't pay a whole lot of attention to. Mm-hmm down this way so yeah the um, rosters are on at, on top athletics okay. uh, names are names you know mm-hmm. so uh j- just check that out it's really it's going to be interesting two games at two o'clock fifteen dollars to get in all right let's take our final break of the day when we come back wild and wacky wednesday weirdest and wildest news from across the world right after this Stick around.
1: Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
0: All right, it is time now for the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. And Mo. A Florida man can only be upended by something incredibly wild and wacky. Yeah.
3: This one this
0: one might be it. These two actually, but Mm -hmm. this one particularly a Canadian cop is on the mend. After an incident on Monday, when a kangaroo punched it in the face. <laughs> First of all, I didn't know there were kangaroos in Canada. I didn't either.
6: But there are. It
0: was from the zoo. The uh, Did it escape? An escaped kangaroo from the Oshawa Zoo. 45 miles northeast of Toronto was being, I'm sorry, was being transported to a zoo in Quebec. Mm. So they were at a rest stop. And the four-year-old kangaroo got out, went AWOL over the weekend, stunning motorists who spotted her hopping alongside the vehicles on highways and roads. (laughs) Could you imagine driving down the road? Was that that a a kangaroo? Driving on the road in Canada. I know that wasn't no kangaroo. Uh, I know that wasn't I, a kangaroo. <laughs> I had to pull over and get some sleep because I, I mm,
11: know. I know, good well That wasn't no kangaroo.
1: Ain't, ain't no kangaroos in Canada. <laughs> this ain't the
3: zoo,
0: this is the highway. Oh, good Lord.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, man. But the officers who got them, uh, who, who, who uh, rescued, the animal were on routine patrol, and. Wasn't sure. nothing routine
1: about this.
0: <laughs> well, of <tenga> routine. R O O. They managed to sneak up behind her and grab her tail. Listen, I I'm, imagine. Why would a, you? First of all, no. <laughs> Just one cop that got hit. Get, got punched in the face. Okay i got a kangaroo by the tail. It's plain to see. Hmm.
1: I won't be much when she gets done with me.
0: No, (laughs) No, you will not. Because, uh, no. She stopped Hmm. to take a little break at three in the morning. Officers grabbed Hmm. it by the tail. Hmm. Uh, That's how they were advised to do it by the animals handlers.
1: Uh, The animals handlers wanted to see what's they were Captain Chaos, huh? Yeah, just
3: grab it <laughs> on the table. You'll be
1: fine.
0: See we'll what be fine. Oh, man. Mm. God, a kangaroo just just hopping down the road. Could you imagine? No. No. <sighs> I would love to see it. All right. This one is, we, we got to go out on this one, and I apologize in advance. An, o, an Ohio attorney has been suspended. Jack Blakesley claimed he uh, enjoyed imagining the look of surprise on people's faces when they discovered his creations. He's a criminal defense attorney He plans to change the subject uh, the next time someone asks how long. Uh, at next time someone asks him how work is going, <laughs> for, uh, he was suspended for unprofessional behavior, which you know again. Can be anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, a one year suspension, six months stayed for a gross act, and said his conduct was adversely reflects on his fitness to practice law. There was clear and convincing evidence from the court that Blakesley targeted the Haven of Hope Center, which employed people whom he admitted he'd known for years and whom he was probably going to see in court just minutes after tossing a Pringles can full of his poop into the parking lot? Yeah, you heard
1: it. Wasn't wrong. Pringles can. Pringles can. So many questions.
11: <laughs> so little time. None of this I'm <laughs> going to ask. I mean,
0: I don't know that I actually want them answered. It's uh, one. Not uh, how. How me. is the question? How is the question that I don't so, want to know the answer do, to. I, exactly. I, I just, we're just going to leave it at how and go, you know what? It's just some things you're just never going to know. It's like, you know, I where, did, know. where did D.B. Cooper go? Uh, you know, <laughs> where do socks in the dryer go? How do you poop into a Pringles can? Mysteries of the world. Just mysteries of the world. I got nothing. Don't care. Don't need to know but buddy mm. Mm. enjoy your vacation yeah well well <laughs> deserved add. Right, uh, so yeah there you go that is your weird and wild news from across the world a wild and wacky Wednesday here <laughs> thanks yeah. for joining us we appreciate it when uh, when we come tomorrow we will have Brady McAtami and Coach's Corner for you so and we're efforting for a
1: entertaining, timely Coach's Corner. Yes, we are. We'll see you tomorrow.